Welcome, everybody, to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Tuesday, February the 23rd. It's going to be a great show today, guys. Let's take a look at it. So let's see. Osaka defeats Serena Williams in straight sets. Should Williams retire? And there's slushies in the NHL all over the place. And this continued quarterback carousel also continues in the NFL. But first, get some water because the Nets are on fire in the NBA. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, everybody, let's get it. We're going to go with the NBA. We're going to go with my top picks, the must-watch games that I said for last week in the NBA. We had some games in week 10. We had some matchups that we want to discuss. So let's get right into it. On Tuesday, last week, Tuesday, we had Denver Nuggets versus the Boston Celtics. I knew it was going to be a good game, but I did not know that Boston was going to come with it that night at home as Denver lost and I was wrong. Then we had, later that day, we had the Pelicans versus the Memphis Grizzlies. Always a good matchup when you can get Ja versus Zion, so it's a game you have to watch. I said that the Pelicans were gonna fly high in that game, and they demolished them in that game, put a beat down on them boys. I was right on that one. Later that day, Brooklyn versus Phoenix. Uh, Brooklyn, I'm gonna get more into this. Brooklyn went on a nice little streak without Kevin Durant on the West Coast trip, their five game West Coast trip. And I figured that Phoenix was going to beat them now in my defense. That game came down to some late decisions and some, some um, I, I, I want to say it's a bad play call. And, and they ran DeAndre Ayton into the ground of that game. Ayton played the entire 12th quarter. And some of the last, he played like the last 14, 15 minutes of the game. And they got barely edged out by four points by the Brooklyn Nets. But in the end, I was still wrong. I'll take the L there. Moving on to Wednesday. Wednesday, Utah Jazz versus the Clippers. Now, I was almost right because I'll explain. Utah did beat the Clippers. I picked the Clippers to win. However, I did not know that Kawhi and uh, Leonard and Paul George were going to play. So I knew Utah was riding high. I know Utah was doing big things. They've been on one of 19 of the last 20 games, but I said, mm, the Clippers are better than them. I was predicting that. I was looking at how they were playing at the time. A lot of things coming around with uh, with Lou Will. Not Lou Will. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ty Lou. Ty Lou's been doing big things. I knew Ty Lou would be an upgrade from Doc Rivers. So they did lose that game. However, Friday, the rematch, right after that, when you had uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George play, they got the W. So in essence, I was right. But which count that as an L? They won the second game on Friday. But I said, wait for the first game on Wednesday. So they'll win. But they eventually did win. So we'll, we'll call it a wash. Let's not count that one. All right, moving on. Thursday, Brooklyn versus the Lakers. Brooklyn put a beat down on my Lakers as I knew they would. Eight with no AD. You got um, um, too much going on right now. LeBron looking hobbled and, and, and sleepy and tired. from Just didn't get a true break from the championship run. And you got Kyrie motivated. Harden is playing great. So I knew they're going to win. The, the final score is not indicative of the beatdown they actually put on my Lakers. Brooklyn won. I got that one right. Uh, moving on to Friday, Friday, Friday. Denver Nuggets versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. I knew that would be a good matchup. Cleveland's been playing very well, play with really good defense. But deep, um, Denver, even though on the road, be too tough for them. I was correct. Denver won that matchup. Phoenix versus New Orleans. Phoenix, I said Phoenix is riding high. Phoenix right now is one of the hottest teams in the league, and Phoenix did beat New Orleans Pelicans. 
on the road. Saturday, Miami versus the Lakers. Here we go again. Here we go again. I picked my Lakers. But did they really, really lose that game? Or did they, they lost it more than Miami won? They lost by two points because Caruso couldn't hit that late game shot. And a lot of different things just didn't fall their way. But I got it wrong. Uh, Miami beat the Lakers at home. Next, go to state versus Charlotte. I had go to state winning that game. And if you go back to it, go to state won that game too. If it wasn't for Draymond getting a double technical and getting ejected and Scary Terry hitting that, hitting that fallaway shot, they got those free throws. They were down. The game was over. And <laughs> I had it right. They, they messed it up for me. So go to state loss. I got it wrong. Next, we had DC versus Portland. I thought Portland was going to win because I remember how always how uh, Dane Time shows up against uh, uh, Westbrook. But hey, the Wizards been strong, man. They they won now five in a row. We'll get into that in a little bit. This time it was about four in a row. And DC beat Portland. I was wrong. Then Sunday, Brooklyn versus the Clippers. I called the Clippers. I thought the Clippers would be beating up on Utah and Brooklyn and everything like that. But Brooklyn, and you know what? Here's another one that I really got right because this is the one where, where Harden flopped. He flopped. And then you have the the game, the minute management by taking Paul George out, who was on fire. Clippers had the game won, but you took Paul George out. And then the late game winning shot, you, you get, or tying shot, what have you, you take uh, 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 the flop from Harden. And they took the victory away from my Clippers. Well, I shouldn't say my Clippers. Let me take that back. That was a Freudian slip from the Clippers. They ain't my damn Clippers. Anyways, uh, Brooklyn ended up winning. I was wrong. All these little close calls, man. This stuff is really starting to tick me off because I was really right on a lot of these. Next, finally, on Monday, Memphis Grizzlies versus Dallas. I just simply got that one wrong, guys. I, I thought Memphis was going to beat Dallas on the road, but Memphis is starting to fall apart at the scenes. But, hey, it's that time of the year. And finally, Portland versus Phoenix. I called Phoenix in this one, and I was right. It shows here that I got five right and eight wrong. I really, if you really think about it, I really was like eight and five. Let's flip it around. I'm going to say five and seven because that other one with the Clippers and Utah, that's because of the flippity-flop and the floppity-flip of how that went and turned around. So I'm just going to take that one out. I took an L last week. I'll do better next week. Let's talk about the league right now. Continue to talk about the NBA. In the NBA, with everything happening last week, I'm going to go through the power rankings as I see fit right now. As of right now, I'm going to go from the bottom, from the five, just my top five. That's all that matters. Top five. Top five around the league. I would say it's the Lakers, but right now they're in a three-game losing streak. No AD, and LeBron looks tired and gassed. Um, Frank Vogel is just not doing what he needs to do. He has not figured out the rotation. Um, he's playing Caruso too much. Even though I like Caruso, he's not an offensive threat. He plays decent defense, but my thing is, why not just play Wesley Matthews? Yeah, Wesley Matthews has longer arms, been an elite defender in his league for a number of years. Caruso is a G League player, no matter how you slice it, came from the G League. And you have a person like Wesley Matthews who's been playing the league for a long time. He, he started every game last year for the Bucks. He needs more time, more touches. The last few games, he's only had like five shots total in like two, three games straight. And he's barely getting in the game as is. You think with AD out, you would need more offensive firepower. You need to play Kuzma more. Kuzma should be playing AD-like minutes. Kuzma needs to be playing like 35 minutes and in better spots. You got to have players who are shooters need to be in rhythm. So you got to figure out a way to do that. And I think playing Kuzma and Wesley Matthews more and playing Caruso a little bit less is the key to the Lakers' success. And I think they should play LeBron a lot less, which will give Kuzma even more minutes. And they can give more minutes to Montrezl Harrell. And they can give some of those minutes to Caruso. 
LeBron's playing too many minutes right now. He's number one in minutes in the month of February. But before he was the 50th, he was in his, at the point at his lowest minute totals in his career. Now he's towards his normal averages. And at this time in his career is the worst time to do it. And and I'm not trying to jinx it. It's giving me those vibes with Kobe with D'Antoni. I'm getting those vibes. Kobe was just pushing them to the playoffs. Listen, I'll say it again. Home court advantage does not matter. Not with these Lakers. They are the best road team in the league. And mind you, most of these arenas do not have any fans at all. It's like the bubble. It doesn't matter. So, jockeying for position does not matter. All that matters is that the Lakers are healthy. This is actually giving me vibes for when uh, the Celtics, when they won back in 2008. In 2009, Garnett got hurt. And that team was never the same. Did not make the play. Did not make the finals. They got beat, and um, they didn't. They never won again, actually, because you got the players that were old. They had their one good run, and that was it. And I think that these Lakers would be the exact same way. I feel like the Lakers are may have only they got their one little championship in a bottle with aging LeBron and AD, who is um, hobbled this season. Who probably won't get right into a whole nother season from now. And by that time, who knows what's going to happen? LeBron will be completely washed, I believe, next season, where he'll be just a shadow of himself. And the shell of himself is still better than most of the players in the league, but it's not LeBron-esque. So unless they can find another all-star somewhere else, this may be it for the Lakers. They may have been done with last season's championship. But well, well, I digress. Let's get back to the top five rankings. I, ha- I would have the Lakers, but really, just look, say the Suns. I'm going to give that to the Suns in the fifth seed right there as they went back-to-back games, winning by over 30 points. Chris Paul's a difference maker. You got Chris Paul. You got um, you got Mikel Bridges. You got Booker. DeAndre Ayton is a beast. Very underrated. They're not even really. He hasn't even figured it out yet. When DeAndre Ayton starts doing twenty and twenty games, which he's capable of doing, or at least twenty and fifteen games on a regular, ugh, and two blocks starts averaging two blocks a game, which he can. Ugh, Sun's gonna be a problem. I think gonna be a problem in this playoffs. Next, I have the Sixers in the fourth spot. I got the Clippers in the third. I have the Jazz still strong in the two, so you know who's number one. I got the Nets. I did say the Nets have all the offense in the world. All the offense in the world. Great offense, a lot of ISO ball, which I don't like, but they're the three best ISO players in the league. So why not? And you can shuffle them in. They don't even all have to play at the same time. You have make sure you have you can always have two in at all times. That's just scary. When your bench is in, you still got two all-stars on the court at all times. No other team can really say that. No other team can say that. So you have that. And I said, all you have to do is play team defense in spots. Now, the one thing they have going for themselves is that these three players really like each other, along with their the fourth guy and being uh, DeAndre Jordan, DJ. They're all friends. Makes it a lot easier. They play with each other in the offseason. So you need players to play defense in spots, and then you have other players who are shooting a three as well. Come on, man. One of the best three-point shooters in the league is Harris, Joe Harris. So you got a lot of offensive our, our, our firepower. They may be the first team in history to win the championship without being a top 10 defensive efficient team. They probably end up like 15 or so, which is good enough because before they were like 27. They end up 15th uh, deficiency. And if they pick up like a JaVale McGee in the buyout portion, then that's it's, it's, it's not even fair at that point. If KD is healthy and they get some more firepower defensively, I know they got Shumper, but he hasn't really showed up yet. But they get someone like JaVale McGee coming off the buyout market. Just give them the trophy now. I don't care even if the Lakers are fully healthy. Lakers aren't beating Brooklyn Nets in a seven-game series if they're fully healthy. Got some more players from the buyout, and all three of those guys are healthy as well. It's a wrap. 
And the injury that AD has is going to be lingering all season. It's not, he's never going to fully get right. Similar to, like I said, of Kevin Garnett. So I don't wish it on him. Of course, with the Lakers go back to back, I just say, hey, sometime in the next coming month, just give them the parade with the with with the with with the uh, with the Dodgers. Do a parade, figure it out, and because um, they're not gonna have another one anytime soon. That's how I see that. Moving on with the NBA. Mm, mm, mm. So, Coach Ryan Saunders, who's the son of Flip Saunders, the late great, I shouldn't say great, the late Flip Saunders, who used to be a longtime coach in Minnesota had the job and it was even a question mark why he even had the job to begin with he was the youngest head coach in the league where you know he got the job due to nepotism even though his father is gone he just got grandfathered in there and said oh it's a good feel good story but was he deserving now having the worst record in the league midway through the through the season they just went ahead and fired him mind you d'angelo russell and carl anthony towns have only played about five or seven games together all season Yes, they have the number one overall pick in the draft, but the team is not really deep. And you don't even have your two all-stars playing all season. What did you really expect from a young head coach with not a lot of experience and had never had a winning season as of yet? So I get it. First of all, he should never deserve the job, flat, flat out. So then you have an associate head coach on his staff in Vanderpool, and he gets clearly looked over for Raptors assistant coach in Finch. If anyone needed the Rooney rule, <laughs> and this is not really a white black thing per se, but damn. And the thing is, is the GM is Latino, Rosas. And he himself said how hard it was for him to break in. He, if anyone else, should know better than this. And he, he conducted in the same thing in the old boys club. The thing that's kept him out for so long, this was one of his buddies from back when he, they were both in Houston. So he just gifted him the job. Now, you, you can look at it like this. He's like, well, he wanted to hire his guy. He wanted to hire his guy. This guy he liked and blah, 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 blah. I say this. What could have hurt you to have Vanderpool just play out the rest of the season as an interim? And just to see how he would do in a sense like a Rooney rule just kind of having him interview haha for the job and you never know even though you may have your guy in mind like hmm this guy actually did pretty well but I still want to take care of my guy okay at the end of the season not during the season which I thought was weird it doesn't happen often where you get uh you, you poach another team's assistant in the middle of the season and you give it to this guy so if he does well consider keeping him and then having your buddy Finch work under him and just paying him, give him a, a raise, paying him more than the Raptors paying him. And they could be associate head coaches together. Like remember the Titans. What's wrong with that? So Rosas, you're doing exactly what they did to you. And this is the thing with me. Yes, you have people who like, like Elton Brand who hired Doc Rivers and so forth and so on. And, and you also have a similar situation in the Suns. But it's so few of us. Only so many of us can be fair-minded like Masai Ujiri, who was like, I'm just going to hire the best coach for the job, who I feel like is going to see fit. But this definitely is like the old boys club, and it's just sad to see that come from the likes of uh, another minority. Furthermore, thinking about the league, just looking at how players should probably move around, 
um you know and just going back about that job situation how you got this man who's been around just for a little bit got his friend to get him in there but you have people like silas who's been around for 20 years in assistant and gets no looks and he finally gets a job people want to leave and whatnot even bookie cuz is talking about leaving hey i think book is going to get bought out and go to the lakers lakers could use him again he is getting a ring from the lakers so let's see how that goes out i see the clippers are being the clear favorites out of the west um with the lakers being hobbled and even if you go back to the tape last season i said this I said that the, the, the their, tam, their time was not last season. I don't care what the hype was. And now the funny thing is all the media pundits who pumped the Clippers up so much last season, all they're going to beat the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. They said all that. And because of that 3-1 deficit fallout, all of a sudden they've all gone away. And I feel like that's going to play in their favor because now they're going under the radar. And they're right now they're the second best team in the West, but they're clearly, to me, the best team in the West. Utah right now is a regular season team. I don't. I, I think they're smoking mirrors. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a championship team. I think the Clippers are a championship team as Pat Beverly is shooting lights out right now, shooting the best he's shot in his career. I think Lou Williams is the superior coach of Doc Rivers. He's the opposite of Doc Rivers to give up 3-1 leads when Lou Williams is the only... I keep saying Lou Williams. Tyron Lou is the only head coach to come down in the finals being down 1-3. He was down 3-1. To go to state, the best regular season team all time. Yes, he had LeBron James. So what? He's the one in a huddle told LeBron James to shut the F up. I'm coaching. Let me do this. He took control of that team. So if anyone can get a team over the hump, it's Ty Lue. So I feel like they've upgraded. And to have someone like Ibaka come in there is an upgrade. And I did not know that Nicholas Batum was going to flower the way he's doing. And, of course, you have, um, um, what's his name? Uh Kennard, Lou Kennard doing well. Lou Williams still doing his thing as well. So you have a lot of pieces there. And of course, Paul George is balling. I can't stand Pandemic P, but he's balling. He's on a mission and he's out for blood. Watch out for the Clippers. I feel like they are actually going to represent the West. If they go against the Clippers, I'm sorry, if they go against the Nets, they're going to lose. But if they go against any other team, they have a chance to beat Philly and they will beat the Bucks. but the Bucks probably won't make it there anyway. So before we get out of here, Got to go over my picks for next week. My picks for next week tonight. Philly versus Toronto. I'm choosing Philly in that one. And then we have Portland versus Denver. I'm choosing Denver at home. Wednesday, Lakers versus Utah Jazz. I think the Lakers are going to go through some tape and figure it out. I think that the Lakers, who are the road warriors of this league, are actually going to upset Utah in Utah. Later that day, Charlotte versus Phoenix. I got Phoenix winning that one at home. Thursday, the Pelicans going to fly high over those Milwaukee Bucks. Friday, the Clippers versus Memphis. I got the Clippers still beasting. It might take the number one seed. Then later that day, the Lakers versus Portland. They are the Road Warriors in Portland. I think the Lakers win that one again to get back on the horse. Saturday, Indy versus the Knicks. I'm bringing back an old school rivalry. Remember the Knicks versus the Pacers back in the days? Oh, my God. It's going to risk resurgence of that. New York Knicks playing very well, but Indy handles them back in the garden. And then Sunday, the Clippers versus the Milwaukee Bucks. I got the Clippers on the road beating up on those Bucks. Nobody's fearing the deer this year. And then finally, Sunday, Golden State versus the Lakers. I got the Lakers back at home beating Golden State, going on a three-game winning streak, in my humble opinion. And then Monday, Utah Jazz versus the Pelicans. This is where the Pelicans get brought back down to earth. The Jazz are still a supreme team. I think they beat the Pelicans. And finally, Charlotte Hornets versus Portland. You're going to have... LaMelo Ball versus Dame Time. And I feel like LaMelo Ball's going to get the best out of him. Scary Terry going to have a big night. And who knows, though, because there was an injury to Gordon Hayward the, um, the other night. 
if he's healthy i say that the charlotte hornets beat the blazers we're gonna take a short break guys see you back in a little bit this is the time is now This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, you know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. We have Andrew Wiggins turning 26 and Tony Gonzalez, NFL Hall of Famer, turning 45. And Tony Robbins turning 61. And D'Angelo Russell turning 25. And Aziz Ansari turning 38. We have Jamal Murray turning 24. And we have Lucy Nash turning 51. And we have rookie sensation Tyrese Halliburton turning 21. We got Joaquin Noah turning 36. And we have Erica Himmel from Mixtish turning 16. And big game James Worthy turning 60. And we have Money Floyd Mayweather turning 44. We have Shinsuke Nakamura turning 41. And we have Baby Cube O'Shea Jackson turning 30. And we have Rashida Jones, Quincy Jones' daughter, turning 45. And we have the Black Messiah himself, Daniel Kalua, turning 32. And the Cheetah, Tyreek Hill, turning 27. And we got, woo, Rick Flair turning 72. And Chelsea Handler turning 40. We have Fred Van Vliet turning 27, and Lupita Nwango turning 38. We have Carrot Top turning 56, and we have Justin Bieber turning 27, and Kesha turning 34. We have Erica Badu turning 50, and we got Booker T. Sucker turning 56, and D-Ray Davis turning 53. We have Michael Bolton turning 68, and we have Don Lemon turning 35. We have Mark Paul Gosseler turning 47, and she don't want no scrubs. Chili Rosanda Thomas turning 50. We have Luca Dodges turning 22, and the Caruso, Alex Caruso turning 27. We have Big E Langston turning 35. And finally, we have Ja Rule turning 45. We have some honorable mentions. Steve Jobs passed away in 2011, would have been 66 this week. And Johnny Cash would have been 89 this week, passed away in 2003. And we have um, Elizabeth Taylor. She would have been 89 this week, passed away in 2011. And we have Alan Thicke, the father of Robin Thicke who would have been 74 this week, passed away in 2016. And finally, Marian Anderson, she was a uh, one of the first black opera singers who paved the way for so many to come after her. She would have been 124 this week, passed away in 1983. So that's it this week, guys. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to The Time Is Now. Hi, everybody. Did you miss me? Anyways, this weekend, um, it was interesting. Just got a little bit of quick news from the NHL. They had a fun time in the sun this weekend, but they were seem like they're out there making slushies on the field because they were outside in the sun at Lake Tahoe. And um, it was just interesting to see the people. They had to have an eight-hour uh, 
postponement or suspension of the games to come back a little bit later. So that had to hurt the TV revenue as little as it is because it didn't even get much marketing pub. I didn't know about it until after it happened this past weekend. The next day, they started at a later time and the games were able to be played in fun fashion. I actually would have liked to go to that event since it was outside. That would have been great. Um, actually, hockey is one of my favorite sports to attend in person. It's just horrible for television. I think it has something to do with the puck uh, moving around just a little bit too fast, hard to hard to kind of follow. People are skating around and, and it, it, listen. And then soccer is the opposite. Soccer is pretty cool, but it, it's boring when it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Not until they start getting some penetration on goal is it even entertaining, in my opinion. And the scores are too low. I'm a basketball guy. I like to go scores. We ran up even in football right now. They don't they don't advocate defense. And they allow you to run up the score and they have all the rules that benefit the offense. So they made it to where it's more appealing to watch and they take all the big hits out of it. So now guess what? It's even better because the quarterbacks will get hurt. So it's just a better product when you have more offense. It's just it's more palatable, at least for us dumb Americans. Maybe I'll say speak for yourself. But it, speaking of the NFL, the quarterback carousel continues to roll. As we've seen um, teams make trades, you saw that um, Stafford to the Rams. We finally saw the shoe drop with Wentz finally going to Indy. It's kind of funny because their rookie quarterback is going to be a sophomore year quarterback, not quarterback, wide receiver, um, who's not Pittman, who has the number 11, which is Wentz's number. And he's looking like he's not willing to give it up. That's already going to create tension between quarterback and wide receiver. They definitely need to be on the same page with that one. But hey, Wentz is not obviously not that dude because if that was Tom Brady, I'm sure anyone would be willing to give that up. It's looking like Breeze is going to be gone. We kind of knew this already. They have some contract re, uh, restructuring where it's showing that Breeze is more, more than likely just waiting to announce his official retirement from the New Orleans Saints. I wonder if, if it's going to be Jameis or are they going to keep uh, Taysom Hill? We'll have to wait and see about that in New Orleans. Big Ben Roethlisberger. He's owed entirely too much money getting paid like a top five quarterback. And it's, he's getting paid way too much money, y'all. Getting paid way too much money. So either either he stays and he's going to cost him a lot of money or they waive him and he retires. He's still going to cost him a lot of money because he has a lot of guaranteed money on the books. The best thing that they can do is restructure his contract to where he's taking uh, a take less of a cap hit next year and then still bring him back. You got to remember, I think he had 33 touchdowns and 10 interceptions last year. It wasn't like he was horrible. He was just bad down the stretch and he just didn't strike any fear any people. But guess what? They didn't have a true number one receiver. Their tight ends were decent, but their offense was lacking. They didn't have a good running game. You got to see losing Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, how big that was for that team. And how those two players having a marquee running back and a number one receiver, how that changes things on your team. How it makes things easier for an aging quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger. You see the weapons that Brady had? That's why you won. Even someone like Patrick Mahomeboy, Tyreek Hill. Hilaire Air, and he also had Le'Veon Bell. You know, then you have Kelsey. Yeah, all those weapons, all those weapons. So of course, it makes it easier when a quarterback has weapons, especially when who's more than competent like Big Ben Roethlisberger. So look for them to restructure his contract so that way he can take less of a cap hit by them. But it looks like they're gonna keep him. Um, Mariota, Marcus Mariota is like he's getting a lot of hits from the Raiders camp. Um, he's a backup quarterback. He's probably one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. But the funny thing is, our starting quarterback's not so much better. I say ours because I'm a Raider fan, guys. <sighs> yes, pray for me. But Marcus Mariota getting a lot of 
uh, looks in the league and looking like the Raiders may look to trade him for some assets, for some picks. And it looking like Patriots are the leading candidates, which means what? Cam Newton's probably going to be on the free agent market once again. Where is he going to go? I don't know. Because the Jaguars are already going to get their rookie sensation. It's going to be at least three to four quarterbacks drafted in the first round. So a lot of teams who need quarterbacks will get them. So where will Cam Newton fall? He may be actually out of the league. I think last year was glaring. And now he has people at his own camp, little kids heckling him. And then him actually responding. That's not a good look. So it looks like he's definitely on the wrong way out on that one. Back to Carr. Derek Carr looking like he may do something similar. Not to what Ben, because Ben already has money on the books. They're going to reschedule him or restructure him, I should say. But Derek Carr is looking like they're going to go ahead and re-sign him or extend him to make him a top eight paid quarterback in the league. Now, in the next couple of years, that, that number will look pretty modest. It will be definitely reflecting of who he is, a top 15 quarterback. And that's what his contract will look like in the next two, three seasons. As of right now, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to get a Deshaun Watson or anything of the like. That's the only person I think they were actually looking to get in, in, in a trade. Who's going to be moved? They didn't want Wentz. They only want Watson. And they don't look like they're going to be able to get him because I don't think they have enough assets. So it looks like they're just going to have to love the one that they're, li that they're with use those picks to get more help on the defense and move forward with that as we spoke of Deshaun Watson Deshaun Watson looking like we don't know where he's going to go we don't know where he's going to go right now it's up in the air it's three teams in talks uh, Miami being one of them and I feel like that's a good fit for him in Miami that may be a great look for him we'll see what happens there with his counterpart his is his, his mate that was on the defense side JJ Watt who apologizes in this season saying uh, I'm sorry we wasted one of your seasons. J.J. Watt, even though we're, we're talking about the quarterback carousel, let's just talk about a little bit of free agency. J.J. Watt, where do you think he's going to go? And you know, Raider fans, we always say, oh, put him on our team. I actually would take him on our team. We need help on the defense. We'll see if they're willing to pick him up. They have some money in the free agency to see if the Raiders will pick up J.J. Watt. Couldn't hurt. And finally, Russell Wilson, Ciara's husband. Russell Wilson, um, they were talking about possibly him getting moved to the Raiders. And it was just some speculation I saw because it, it was um, evident that Derek Carr, um, they call him MAGA Carr in some groups that I'm in, but he, he's a big fan of Starbucks. He, he's addicted to Starbucks. And where does Starbucks reside? Seattle. That's their base shop. So we were thinking that maybe Derek Carr would end up in Seattle. I know those pulling at straws, but still, um, we feel like he would fit very well in that environment. And we feel like, um, you know, that Sierra would not mind being in Vegas, but I think she would probably prefer being either in LA, which is not going to happen, or being in New York, which is the Jets, and which is very possible, but we'll have to see how that all pans out. Real quick, we we're talking about the Rooney Rule. Uh, I, it was kind of mentioned in our first segment, and I want to touch on that for just one second. For those of you who are not familiar with the Rooney Rule, listen to this. You've probably heard of the NFL's Rooney Rule, but is it really working in 2021? The NFL policy was named after the league's former diversity committee chairperson, the late Dan Rooney. It was instituted in 2003, then expanded in 2009, requiring teams with vacancies for head coaches, general managers, and similar front office roles to interview at least one diverse candidate for those jobs. 
In 2003, there had only been six black head coaches in the modern era. The rule appeared to show promise in 2006 and 2007 with six black head coaches in permanent positions. In 2020, the rule was updated, requiring teams to interview at least two external minority candidates for head coaching openings and at least one minority candidate for any coordinator job, as well as one external minority candidate for senior football operations and general manager jobs. The truth is, only four head coaches of color and four general managers of color hold positions in the NFL, and two of the 32 NFL teams have owners who are not white. The numbers are glaring, and the interviewing process has shown to be more of a chore than honest due diligence. This year's Super Bowl featured a handful of potential future head coaches of color. Chiefs offensive expert Eric Bieniemy has been discussed as a potential head coach for the last few seasons. And while Tom Brady and Bruce Arians have received much of the credit for the Buccaneers' success this season, all of the team's major coordinators are black men. Offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, assistant head coach Harold Goodwin, defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, and special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong. The enemy has been passed over by multiple teams. Bowles, who took interviews with the Eagles and Falcons, had a scheduled interview with the Detroit Lions before they canceled and hired Dan Campbell, while Leftwich didn't even receive an interview. There is no clear accountability from the league regarding the Rooney rule. The rule hasn't panned out, which doesn't mean it's a failure. It was just a starting point. The NFL can create all the incentives to jumpstart high-level hiring of people of color and women, but in the end, the future of the rule and its evolution is directly tied to the owners. In modern NFL history, only 23 head coaches of color have been hired in the NFL, and the responsibility to fix that lies at the owner's feet. So that is the Rooney Rule, and it appears that we need it in all sports. Um, it's just this old boys club, and this is the thing. I don't want to really get into the whole racial thing and why, and keep like putting my hand out begging like, you know, some would say that we're begging, but it's not a matter of that. It's a matter about equality and this country being about equality and giving everyone a true fair shake at it. Because at the end of the day, isn't the overall goal is to win? It shouldn't be about who's my buddy and give my buddy a job. In the corporate world is like, I want to be the best. I want to earn the most. So I want to hire the people but I can do that with, not just the people I don't, I want to go get a drink with. It's business, not personal. Let's apply that around the board. Let's see if by using, I, I honestly feel like they should get rid of the Rooney rule. I think it's embarrassment to where you have to say, you got to mandate that people do something because what people do, especially billionaires, you try to force their hand and tell them what they want to do. They're going to go ahead and, and obviously, or just do the opposite. I feel like the Rooney rule is actually hurting. And even though I feel like they should use something like that in the NBA, I feel like they should just have another policy where it's just strongly um, or, or have the league just take over and, and give you candidates like here, you're going to interview these people. This is the list of people that you're going to interview, give you a pool of people to interview and that you have to actually interview them for a certain amount of time, regardless of race, regardless of, 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 of gender. 
I think the league should take ownership and take over on every league. Say, hey, these are the pool of people it's free to interview. Like the All-Star Game in the NBA, these are the pool of players that you can that you can uh, put on your team, that you can draft from. It should be no different. It should be no different. We have to come to something similar to that. So that's how I feel about that. And I would be remiss if we did not speak on Serena Williams in the Australia Open getting beaten straight sets by Naomi Osaka. And I know her name is Naomi Osaka, but she is very much black if you if you watch her. And speaking of that, she, ooh, when did she get so thick? Anyways, anyways, anyways. But she beat her in straight sets. And um, she's so graceful to watch. She's so pleasant. Um, I like Coco Golf as well, young young lady. But Naomi Osaka is taking over. And, and it's the way she does it. And I remember when Coco Golf actually beat her some time ago, a couple years ago, and they said Naomi didn't have the killer instinct, which seems like she has now. But they cried in the interview because everyone was just thinking Coco Golf was the, was just the little darling. And Osaka just said, here, here you speak. Even though Naomi Osaka won, she allowed Coco Golf to speak and everybody wanted to hear from her. And just Naomi, Naomi Osaka just letting us, is showing us that the women's tennis is going to be in great hands when Serena Williams finally chooses to put it down. And that's what I want to focus on because Serena Williams and I are the same age. She's going to be 40 later this year. And I remember back, quick, sorry about that, quick short story of how when I originally met her and her sister Venus and their father. My cousin was also a tennis player. And they were all practicing at Dominguez Hills. That's the University, Cal State University, Dominguez Hills. And this is before they had all the development and had the uh, the Home Depot Center or whatever it's called now. And it was just um, tennis courts, race, uh, 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 tennis courts and uh, track, track and field. That's where I used to train for track and field. And my cousin used to train for tennis. And they had sand dunes everywhere where we used to just ride our bikes up and down those trails uh, over there in Carson, California. Anyways, they lived in Compton. I grew up in Compton. They still lived there at the time. And I didn't know at the time that they'll be great. I, I, I've heard about them, but I didn't know anything really about them. This is way back. This is right before they went pro. And Serena went pro in 95, like a month after her birthday. She was like 14. She went pro, her and her sister. And, you know, she dominated from that point forward. I mean, her her record is she she won 85% of all her all of her matches. She has over 73 career titles. This, this one was amazing. I think she won the Australian Open like, what, mm, seven, eight times? French Open three times? Wimbledon, she won that about seven times? She won the US Open six times? This woman is dominant. Dominant. If you had her in doubles, you never lost. <laughs> she has like 23 career titles. I think she has like four gold medals. Serena Williams is probably one of the best female athletes of all time. And you can see when she was leaving that interview and they were starting to ask her questions. Actually, before the final uh, uh, reporter asked her questions, she rolled her eyes. I'm thinking there's some history there. I didn't do research on it. I just watched it three times. And she rolled her eyes, drank some water. And the question seemed straightforward, but it was pretty much leaning towards her retirement. And she got up, cried, and stormed off. I was just like, wow, this may be the end of Serena Williams. And if it is, God bless her. And she's amazing. And may she pass on that cat suit to name Osaka. <laughs> All right. So that's it for right now. We're going to take another short break. This is the time is now.
we do not own the rights to this music. But I'm cool like that. 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 I'm cool. Queen be the chocolate taps on my raps. She innovates after sweet and cat naps. He at the funk club with the vibrate. Then they be crazy down with the vibe. It can't kick a plan, then a crowd burst. Me, I be digging it with the bug burst. Us, we be freaking till dawn, peace and I. He gets a stranger smile, so I say hi. Yeah, understood the plans. Him heard of it and put it to his hands. What I just flip, let borders get loose. How to consume all the beaches like juice. If it's the shit, we'll lift it off the plastic. The babes will go spastic. Hip hop is a classic. Pimp play a shop, it don't matter. I'm fatter. Ask butter how I zone. Man, Cleopatra Jones. And I'm chill like that. 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 I'm chill. Seven and a crescent. Us cause a buzz when a nickel bets a dope. Him, that's my man with the asteroid belt. Fate catch a fizz from the Mr. Doodle Big. He rocks a teeth from the Crooklyn Nine Pigs. The rebirth of slick like my gangster stroll. The lyrics just like Luke come in stacks and rolls. You used to find the bug in a box with Dave. Now he boogies up your stage, plats twist the braids. And I'm peace like that. 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 Just get out, man. I groove like that. I'm smooth like that. I jive like that. I roll like that. Yeah, I'm thick like that. I stack like that. I'm down like that. I'm black like that. Yo, I funk like that. I'm fat like that. I'm in like that because I swing like that. We jazz like that. We freak like that. We zoom like that. We out. We out. We out. We out. 
That was The Rebirth of Slick by Diggable Planets. That was such a cool song back then. We need more cuts like that today because I'm cool like that. I'm black like that. I'm thick like that. <laughs> such a cool, smooth song. Put you in a good mood, but uh, I'm sorry. I might ruffle some feathers right now because you're about to switch it up. You know what time it is. Like, you know, my soapbox rap. And last week, just the day the show aired, I started hearing news about this mayor in Colorado City, Texas. And if you haven't, maybe if you're living under a rock, you don't know that they're having record lows in temperature in the entire state of Texas right now. I check on my friends that I know out there regularly to make sure that they are okay. Um, the temperatures are so low. You have people, their houses are being destroyed due to pipes bursting. And um, they had even a family who um, was trying to stay warm and they, they went into their car to heat up. Unfortunately, they were um, passing away of carbon dioxide poisoning because they did it in the garage. It didn't release any air. I guess they probably didn't know. They were just trying to survive. And befitting of that, we're going to call this Only the Strong Survive, as this jackass of a mayor, what, Tim Boyd, wrote some inflammatory statements on Twitter, took to social media like a coward. I thought he can hide and, and even made a statement later saying, oh, that wasn't myself in my political realm speaking. That was just my personal feelings. Really? Really? He later resigned and his wife was fired from her job but I can't help but think that these words were laced in bigotry and racism and this thought of superiority complex where they want to call themselves white supremacist I'm not even going to go, to go that far but it's just shredded in in racism and this ideology that you picture you pick yourself up by your bootstraps and you do this and you do that and everyone else needs to step along and, and stop trying to get along and have people help them and whatever because his statements i'm going to read them to you make absolutely no sense in regards to this particular situation let's see verbatim what this jackass wrote let me hurt some feelings while I have a minute. No one owes you or your family anything, nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. The city and the county, along with the power providers or any other service owes you nothing. I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. If you don't have electricity, you step up and come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. If you have no water, you deal without and think outside of the box to survive and supply water to your family. If you are sitting at home in the cold because you have no power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you because you're lazy is direct result of your raising. Only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. Folks, God has given us the tools to support ourselves in times like this. This is sadly a product of socialist government where they feed people to believe that the FEW, the few, will work 
and others will become dependent for handouts. I, am I sorry that you have been dealing without electricity and water? Yes, but I'll be damned if I'm going to provide for anyone that is capable of doing it themselves. We have lost sight of those in need and those that take advantage of the system and mesh them into one group. Bottom line, quit crying and looking for a handout. Get off your ass and take care of your own family. Bottom line, don't, I guess you meant to say, don't be a part. He says, don't a part of a problem, be a part of the solution. End quote. That waste of sperm, that oversized bottle of mayonnaise. Listen, asking for a handout? These people pay monthly for their utilities to be on. The temperatures are dire where people cannot possibly survive. The roads are shut down. They have nowhere to escape to. How are they supposed to manufacture this water when everything is frozen? You have families who put water, put you store waters in their tubs and those tubs are overflowed and frozen. They have icicles in their tubs, which means they're residing in freezing temperatures in their homes and there are people in neighborhoods like himself or other neighborhoods that are like his that are more affluent where the power seemed to have been on i actually have friends who live in different parts of texas where they have no problem they had the little rolling blackout area out for 45 minutes but people in hmm, areas where there's less tax dollars i should say but you know people who don't make as much money yeah they were out for several days Imagine any of you having no electricity and no water for days. Your food probably be spoiled by now. How are you going to cook that food? If it's freezing temperatures, could you even make a fire like the cavemen did? What could you have possibly done? And what in your life could have possibly prepared you to live in the ice age? And this jackass is going to keep saying as if they want to hand out that he brings up socialism and all these other different ideologies. It, it becomes a political thing. It seemed like he was just pretty much triggered because the people who do not look like him were asking for him, who is someone who was put into office by the people. So which means you do what you're serving the people, dummy. Your job is to come up with a plan to assist them. Your job is not to try to tear them down and say, figure it out on your own. Another position of white privilege where you think like, oh, I'm elected here. You're elected there for political gain. You weren't there to service your community, obviously. And you want to talk about, oh, they didn't do this. They need to pick up themselves by and they need to defend for themselves. Is that what Ted Cruz did, your senator, who tried to take off the Cancun? Was he trying to do what you set out that y'all should be doing? Were you doing those things or did you have power and water at your home? I'm sure you did. This goes to the, like, the fabric of this country. And you talk about standing for the flag, how it doesn't mean the same to everyone. There's a reason why they cut off some of the verses. Let's go back to that. The havoc of the war and the battle confusion, a home and a country should leave us no more. Their blood has washed out their foul footsteps. Pollution, no refuge could save the hireling and a slave from the terror of flight of the bloom of the grave and the star spangled banner and triumph will wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Oh, we don't sing that part no more, do we? This country is extremely young and majority of its history is on the murder of the brave, of the 
the indigenous people, the execution, the, the genocide of those people, and then the robbery of stealing people of more melanin from their countries and bringing them here as slaves as you raped and pillaged their women and you pushed them into slavery to build this nation the way it is until the industrial age took over where you no longer needed our services. But then you found other ways through Jim Crow laws to find a way to where we still didn't have full capabilities to, to, to vote. We were unable to own lots of property. Then we even had times where we were finally getting along to get along, then you wiped us out during the uh, during the Black Wall Street era in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then you have mass incarceration of black people, black and brown people working for free where you make it where it's legal to actually still have slaves. All this stuff is all clouded in the same mirror. It's irky. And this is the crap we're talking about. People who have ideologies like this man here, this jackass, I'm gonna keep calling him that because that's what you are, a jackass. It's not even being insensitive, it's just being a racist, bigot, evil bastard who has no business being in any sort of political power. And the people who voted him in should be ashamed of themselves and should never back anyone like him. We need to do more background checks on the people we put in position of power because people like him do not deserve to lead free people because it's not just the, the minorities who are dying from this or are harmed by this it's people who look just like him who just may not have the money once again go back to last week i talked about it's more about classes than it is about race because the people with money who just tend to sometimes be white but there are people with money who are black and there are people without money who are white so he's talking to you guys too stop being lazy figure it out i don't care if it's freezing i don't care if you're trapped in your homes Make fire from ice, jackass. Until next time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it this week, guys. Thank you so much for rocking with me. I appreciate all my listeners. And I like to see those subscribers keep going up. So remember to share and like. And once again, Please, please, please subscribe. I appreciate you, appreciate you. Now it's time for our final word. Who are you, they asked. Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. Christ replied, I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy. And what I have heard from him, I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Yeshua said, when you have lifted up the son of man then you will know that i am he and that i do nothing on my own but speak just what the father has taught me the one who sent me is with me he has not left me alone for i always do what please him even as he spoke many believed in him to the jews who had believed him yeshua said if you hold to my teaching you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Yeshua replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it father forever. So if the son sets, you free. You will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants. 
and you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the father's presence and you are doing what you have heard from your father. John 8, 25 through 38. Remember to spread love, share love, embrace love for God is love. Until next time, peace.